This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I thought that was a layup. I was like, you know who's going to love this? Shilpa. (laughs) Christopher, no. It depends. We got through it. Okay. We're all still here. Nobody died. I'm I'm glad that it worked out No thanks to you. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner, or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. This week's caller, Jillian, is from a coastal town on the north shore of Massachusetts, and she's quite attuned to the local flora and fauna. Do you know the app Sharktivity, where you could track the sharks? You have to download it because also you can pay to name a shark. So some of them have hilarious names. One's called Cool Beans. Let's see, Stormy Daniels, one of the things she said about Trump is that he hated sharks or was afraid of sharks. So someone spent $2,000 to name a shark Stormy Daniels or something like that. <laughs> but tracking the sharktivity doesn't help get dinner on the table. And for Jillian and her husband, the new work-from-home era has proven to be a challenge in that department. When I used to go into the office, I used to drive into the city, I would drive home and it was really easy to like stop at the grocery store and pick up dinner for that night. But now that I'm working from home, honestly, sometimes I don't leave the house for like three days, which is not healthy, but it's true. It could be more organized. We should have things at home that we can just make dinner at. So I'd love to have things in the pantry, things in the freezer or the fridge, that can be dinner when I close my laptop. Okay. And I'm out of curiosity, what what do you like eating or what do you enjoy cooking? Um, so we have a 27-year-old son who's living at home with us um, who has celiac disease, so needs to eat gluten-free. It's really pretty easy to cook gluten-free, so it's something we take into consideration, but I don't feel like it's a hard thing to do. Sure. Um, we are omnivores. And are you the kind of person who you know, it's a realistic scenario to just sit down for a couple hours on the weekend and meal prep for an entire week. Like, is that achievable for you? Is that how you could theoretically spend your time? Theoretically. I I will say aspirationally. How's that? Interesting. Because I feel like, okay, because I'm of two minds. One is, you know what? Sometimes you just have to embrace the chaos and you have to just decide that like 5.30 to 6 o'clock is going to be the most productive part of your day where you're going to take whatever you've got, whatever you got on the weekend, whatever you shopped for, and you're just going to make it happen. You know, you're going to get scrappy, you're going to get fast, you're going to get mean, and you're just going to make dinner happen no matter what because failure is not really an option, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then the other part of me is like, listen, I hear that you're not looking to to have like an insane coda to your day every single day, frankly, the way I do, you know, where I literally wander down to the kitchen at about 6 p.m. every night, like, where's dinner? I and, and literally, I don't know. It's like, I look at that green pepper, you know, and I and I think, oh, 
what would it take to turn yeah. you into dinner? What would I need? <laughs> How crazy can I get? You know, can a chickpeas and a green pepper and a dream? And you're halfway there. So part of me is thinking, okay, well, maybe then it's a question of what can you do on the weekend that is going to be a real investment in terms of time, right? Both to mm-hmm. go out, shop, come back, and then be a meal prepper. Like that to me is, I find personally very challenging because who has that much time yeah. in any one day? So realistically, as I think through it and as you describe it, I think I actually would be annoyed. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I like the idea of like of closing the laptop and, and what can we make with what's here in the next half hour or hour. Okay. And my next hour of focus is like banging out dinner because I do like to cook. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, if you can just like devote the time one day a week to doing a pretty big shop, but then just commit to getting a little creative with how you get dinner together at home on a weeknight, I think you'll be in pretty good stead. But I think sometimes it's just a matter of seeing the multitude of possibilities that are right there in front of you, but that you might just not see the full potential of, you know? Yeah. And that's, it it also, you're, you've uncovered another thing is that we are in such a rut. So my husband and my son both cook dinner as well. So I'm super lucky. All of us share cooking, but everyone does the same, like two or three things. I mean, it's, I'm a little extreme, but... No, but th- tell me, tell me about that. What what are those things? So, okay, yeah. So I typically will do like, um, and see, this is already it because I don't want to go to the to the grocery store, like a vegetarian um, chili with, you know, canned black beans, kidney beans, and, mm-hmm. you know, cannellini beans. So I can go down. I have all that stuff. I know I can put that together. So I'll do that or... You know, I will have like a vegetable or something. So I might do like eggplant Parmesan. My husband is the big griller. Like he'll do grilled pork loin or grilled sausages. And then our son does like an oven crisp tofu. And then he throws some lots of different spices on it, some honey and soy sauce, and we'll do some rice. Got it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They're all very good. It's just like enough already. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Anything else I should know? Anything um, you've been dying to learn to cook or anything that just feels like unattainable on a weeknight, but in a perfect world you would eat? I'd love more range because we are pretty adventurous. So something with really interesting like spices or a sauce. Like when I think about like grilling something, we have this, I don't know, I found this garlic, it's like garlic sauce. Anyways, like we put it on everything. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. Like we need, I mean, you know, like we're like, oh, with the garlic sauce, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So yeah. I feel like like um, upping my game. I don't have a lot of confidence and a lot of range in sauces. Got it. Okay. And, and talk to me, okay, so aside from like the sauce that conquered all this garlic sauce that you alluded to, what else is in your fridge right now? Like if I'm going to shout some things out and you're going to tell me if you have them or not, okay? okay? Oyster sauce. No, that's also one reason for that is that it can be challenging gluten-free. Okay, fair enough. Hoisin, yes? Yes. What about tahini? Yep. Sambal alec or chili garlic sauce? Yep. Fish sauce? Yep. Fermented black bean sauce? No. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's something else that I would want to call out here. Um, Like chili crisp. Yep, chili crisp. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, that, that gives me a little bit of a sense and... Yeah, I feel like this is about 
in terms of an arsenal of recipes that are really like half an hour to 45 minutes max and really can do some heavy lifting for you would be great. I want to look into this question of like a gluten-free oyster sauce and a gluten-free fermented black bean sauce, because those two things have done a lot for me, just in terms of speed and impact. Sounds great. I'm really excited. You know, I love a well-stocked pantry, so I'm going to be ready for this one. As you know by now, that's the voice of the great Shilpa Askokovich, my colleague and frequent Dinner SOS sparring partner. I won't give you too much else because at the end of the day, this is a competition and there can only be one winner. <laughs> it's generally me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Are you keeping anything. score? Uh, um, I want to say yes, but we both know I'm too frazzled to actually do that. But I know in my heart that I'm winning. So that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a short break, but when we get back, Shilpa and I go head-to-head with pantry-driven recipes to help get Jillian out of her weeknight rut. Did you know that kids eat 1,095 meals every year each? Not even counting snacks. Honestly, being responsible for all those meals kind of sucks sometimes. But we've found a resource that actually helps and is funny too. Didn't I Just Feed You is a weekly podcast about feeding families hosted by two longtime food professionals, Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn. These ladies are not afraid to be candid and get real because as working moms, they know how hard it is to feed a family night after night. They joined me on an episode of Dinner SOS but their show covers this topic week after week. From how to turn nachos into a legit family dinner to the magic of meatballs, solving the after-school snack problem to the mental load of being the family cook, they talk about it all, offering shortcuts, pro tips, techniques, and recipes along the way. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. New episodes publish every Monday. You can also find Stacy and Megan on Instagram as at Didn't I Just Feed You. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. After we brainstormed recipes, Shilpa and I called Jillian back to commiserate about dinner. There are just times when you don't want to stop at the store. No. And I think having a smartly stocked pantry is the backbone of so much of my cooking, at least. And I feel like you agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, these things like, you know, these ingredients that just become like your quiet workhorses. And I feel like, like for me, you know, I use, I've started getting this, like, I think the brand is like Watchery. It's a a pad thai kind of like base sauce. Hmm. And like if you punch up the fish sauce and the Mm -hmm. lime juice to kind of pad it out, I like 
I've been making pad thai at home and I'm like delighted with myself, you know? There's like all these little things that when you find something point being that works for you and you can work it into the repertoire, get into rotation, it's so gratifying. Do you have stuff like that, Shilpa? Yeah, I do. I... Mira and I love Korean food, so we always have like hochujang and rice syrup. Rice syrup? Yeah, rice syrup. Like a sweet product? Like sweet, yeah. Yeah. But it's in a lot of Korean cooking, you see it and it really gives body to like a sauce or like when you make fried chicken and you want to glaze it. Um, Oh, this is new to me. Yeah, we love Korean stuff. Toasted sesame oil, for Mm. instance, sesame seeds, Um, soy sauce, which is a hard one, I feel, in the sense that there is... It's easily available, but I think it's good to have a good one, you know? There's a lot of different styles of soy yes, sauce. Yes, there is. Right? I mean, and it depends on the cuisine that you're talking about, too. Yeah. It's like, I think in America, like, I think we have a tendency to think of soy sauce sometimes as like a monolithic thing. Yes, you know? but it's, yeah. But it's it's, it's far from that, right? Mm-hmm. The way it exists in, in other cuisines. Yeah. I generally prefer like the Japanese or Korean mm-hmm. soy sauce, and that's what I stock. But yeah, I... I never stock. I know this is shit of me to say, but I I can't abide the the Stop. one that you find in the. Don't. Okay. Don't. Sorry. <laughs> what are you even doing right now? Okay. Never mind. Moving on. Um, okay. So we have apparently a, snoi- so, a soy sauce snob. <laughs> Not a snob. It's just that sometimes soy sauce should be more than just salty. Totally. I but, I just think like. Never mind. You know, it's it's tricky, right? I don't think we've necessarily reached a tipping point where we can count on there being a multitude of styles of soy sauce in many grocery stores yeah, there is in the U.S., That's right? True. It's like you really have to seek them out and yes. then you have to use them accordingly. Fair. I'll stop my rant. No, that's cool. <laughs> I've, I've had a few tears today already, so. No, we can, we can, what recipes do you have in mind for? Oh, so that Italian? was you punting? That yeah. whole thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let the record reflect. <laughs> Shilpa punted. Okay, Jillian, I, I actually got very overwhelmed with this sort of assignment. And I think it was because I was truly trying to think of what are the things that I can come home or I can like go downstairs and 25 minutes later there's dinner. And I thought of one recipe that I just felt like it stars miso. <sighs> But, I love miso. But it, it's, it stars miso outside the, the application that you might be expecting of it. And let me, let me walk you through this. So this is a recipe that was in our December 2022 issue by my colleague Zainab Issa. It's called Jammy Onion and Miso Pasta. Mm. And I know you mentioned, you know, you've got um, gluten-free, you know, individual in the house. The pasta I use, if we didn't already talk about this, it's worth sending away for if it's not available locally. Jovial brown rice pasta. Yes, we can get it. Okay. Jovial brown rice pasta. I love that you said it's worth sending away for. It's worth, no, no, no. I love that. No, no, I love like, that. It's such a quaint phrase. Uh, listen, there was a time when it was harder to find. Now it's fairly ubiquitous. The brands that existed for like brown rice pasta before that were challenging. Mm. Really had a lot of deficits okay. going on. I don't want to name names. What do you feel about chickpea pasta? An abomination. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. If I wanted to taste chickpeas, I would eat chickpeas. I'd put chickpeas in pasta, but like, sure. don't try to convince me that that's pasta. I'm yeah. so sorry. The lentil pasta, I just, I, I really, I think it's quite challenging. Somehow it got a, a, a pass and, and I, I'm, I'm calling BS on it. 
I'm sorry. Like I think so we're much gluten-free food gets the pass where you're like beyond me that yeah. it can be sold. So I totally agree with you. But so jovial pasta, the brown rice pasta they do is phenomenal. The texture, you are really hard-pressed when you cook it right you're hard-pressed to know that it's not wheat-based pasta. And this is a really simple recipe. It's olive oil and butter used to sweat down two large onions until they're jammy and caramelized. Then some garlic, some miso, a little bit of broth. Frankly, it could just be water and it would still be fine. Then some spaghetti finished with some parmesan. And we're using chive as a garnish, but you could literally go anywhere with the herb or just skip it all together or top it with something else entirely. And I just love that, you know, there's a lot of back pocket pantry pastas that I've turned to in the past that, you know, aren't necessarily things that are entirely shelf-stable. Like, I've done versions of carbonara at home because I could always count on having some parm, like a chunk of pancetta or guanciale, some eggs— right? Those things stay good for weeks, if not months. And you can get a really compelling and satisfying dinner together in 20 minutes using them. But I love that this dish reflected a slightly, you know, to my mind, like slightly more modern approach where it is or can be vegetarian. And it's really making the most of these ingredients. And The miso here is used as this kind of like umami backbone that's kind of bridging the the savory richness and depth of the caramelized onions and the parmesan. And I think the the miso is very it's 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 very credible in here in terms of like how it's functioning, but it's certainly not appearing in a kind of context that you might normally expect to encounter it, you know, in a, a Japanese dish, for example. Well, you know, so anyway, without too much further ado, I just I really like this pasta. And I think it's just like, you know, you can pretty much always count on having these things around in one form or another. Yeah, 100%. And you got me at jammy onions. Mm. We love onions, can never have enough garlic. So that one, like, it's a pretty high bar that you're setting with that first one because I'm like starving and want to make it now. And we have miso in the fridge. Can't wait to hear for the other one, but yeah. Shilpa's yeah. been on a bit of a roll today. So <laughs> okay. honestly, I, like, who my am bubble I can to be stand burst. in her way? <laughs> Um, she's probably going to steamroll me here, but, but that's fine. Honestly, like, I'm really curious more than anything, just what you're thinking. Me too. I picked Kendra's hummus bowls with Marguerite's oh. spice tempeh. Ooh, nice. Um, I remember when Kendra made it in the test kitchen and the light was hitting the salad just so. But it was a really, and I remember telling her when I tasted it, I was like, this is a dish I would make at home. Mm-hmm. And it really, it, it is. And there is a fresh element to it. There is some fennel in it, but. To me, I think that's necessary. Like, I feel like if I cook out of my pantry, I always do want something fresh as well. Otherwise, I feel like, I don't know, I'm not doing justice. But it's built on things that are very shelf-stable. Like, you start with a couple cans of chickpeas, and then you doctor it up with, you know, garlic and lemon juice, and you make your own, like, quick hummus in the food processor. Mm -hmm. And you swish it on a plate, and then you make this spiced tempeh mixture which I think is just so brilliant because you usually see tempeh and you're like, "Eh, what is this and how do you use it? But treating it this way where it's crumbled up and cooked until it's sort of crispy with all of these spices just makes it almost like ground meat in a way, which I guess if you're vegan, you wouldn't appreciate that. But where none of us here are. So I think you would appreciate the fact that it just picks up so much flavor and just changes entirely and becomes this pebbly, crispy, bitsy thing that you sprinkle on top of the hummus. And 
it just works. It, it's simple. It's things that can keep in your fridge for a long time. Tempeh keeps in your fridge forever. And then the rest of it is just spices and pantry ingredients. And then there's this fennel salad. You just, you know, slice it up really thin, toss it with a little bit of onion and lemon juice. And then both of these things can stay forever. Like fennel keeps in your fridge for, I feel like, forever. Um, yeah, that was my pick for you. That sounds delicious, too. Except I have one question. And I think this was my bad because I probably didn't say it. I don't love fennel, which doesn't mean that I'm not willing to try it because I'm trying to like branch out and it sounds like a delicious treatment. Everything else sounds awesome. Is there anything you could suggest to replace the fennel? The recipe has like a, it's a combination of fennel and onion. I would just drop the fennel and just up the red onion. That's it. Some cucumbers would be really nice. Thin sliced cucumber or... Yeah. Or like if you're somebody who likes a radish, if you don't like fennel, screw fennel. Like nobody needs to take a bullet for fennel here. You know what I mean? But like put something else that's like crunchy and fun and textural on something else that's like unctuous and smooth and creamy. And suddenly you look like a freaking genius. Yeah. Or like a pickled cauliflower would be really good, I feel like. But that's a whole different crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It it works, but it yeah, it's a different thing. No, this is this was on our May cover of the print magazine. And what I love about this dish is you look at the dish on the cover and it's so pretty and the light's hitting it just so. And you might be tempted to fall into the trap of thinking this seems A, complicated, B, Mm. like it would take more than a half hour or something to make. And it's really quite simple and approachable, but it's the intersection of a few different elements and the layering of those elements that I think really makes that dish shine Mm -hmm. because you have like the creamy protein-filled hummus. You then have this like crispy kind of meat-adjacent, you know, treatment of like very aggressively flavored tempeh. And then you have this bright, cool, crunchy salad on top. And those three elements really work together so nicely. And that's kind of a framework I've been using for a lot of weeknight dinners recently. Yeah, Part of it was your friggin' creamy tahini and harissa beef. Oh, um, yeah, Which yeah. was another great recipe that, you know, stars harissa as a kind of headliner pantry staple. Yeah. And Jillian, if you've never tried New York <laughs> shuk harissa, again, it is worth sending away for. <laughs> I, I, I am going to add it to my send away list. We, yeah. We That's the only one we endorse in the test kitchen. Okay. It's the only it's harissa. The ideal balance. Harissas can get very bell peppery or they can get mm. like just sort of aggressively spicy. And this hits the sweet spot where it's got a lovely base of kind of rehydrated chili in there. It's not overwhelming. The backing spices in there are so lovely. And the texture is just right. The texture is just right. Like you can eat it just about straight up, but but it it just like it has like enough substance if if that makes sense like it's not overly concentrated but it's not mm. overly dilute mm-hmm. and i've been making hummus bowls at home and just letting the family add it you know like a creamy tahini sauce a, a hummus some pita and whatever else happens to be lying around and it's just a wonderful framework to base a meal on 
Oh, I, I love, I mean, we do like dump bowls of what's in the fridge, but they're not a thoughtful bowl. And I love how you described, you're really selling the other uh, the other recipe. Yeah, no. And the reason I'm bringing up that creamy tahini and harissa beef, like, yes, it uses this sort of fresh product, which is to say ground beef. But, you know, listen, a brick of ground meat can be defrosted relatively simply like the day you want to cook it. But it's that intentional layering of ingredients. Like in this case, it's a very creamy tahini sauce. It's a cooked very very nicely seasoned ground meat, which is obviously super streamlined and easy to to work with as far as like weeknight proteins go. Um, And then you have these pita chips in there, you know, which add like crunch and an herb, which adds a little bit of brightness and freshness. So even if you were to take... The pita chips are the game changer in that recipe. The pita chips are a game changer. That's that's my move now. This was another December 2022 (laughs) recipe, along with that jammy onion and miso pasta. Because, you know, I know you mentioned, Jillian, you know, your husband likes to grill on the weekend as a way to, like, use up grilled meat or something that's kind of hanging around in the fridge. Just, like, put it on hummus, get a drizzly sauce on there, throw some pita chips on it and Mm -hmm. like an herb Mm -hmm. and you're there you're laughing you know so now that's that's recipe number three you've given me yeah so i basically uh, gave you recipe number three which (laughs) is kind of like a quarterback sneak trying to like fight shilpa kind of one recipe either way i win because (laughs) yeah whatever i've heard that argument before We're going to take another break. When we're back, I'll find out if my sneak attack third recipe tipped the scales or if Shilpa will reign supreme once again. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. What if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. And we're back with Dinner SOS. When Jillian first got on the line, Shilpa and I were having a, shall we say, spirited debate about an ingredient for an upcoming recipe. She's giving me all kinds of grief about, like, a little baking project she's doing that might or might not ultimately involve coconut extract. It's, okay, you know what? Oh, oh you're going to ask her? Yes, okay, that's great. What I'm going oh, yeah, to do. why don't you ask Jillian? <laughs> okay, Jillian, here's the thing. If you had to make a coconut pie mm-hmm. and you could either use coconut extract, it's a chocolate. Christopher, that doesn't matter. Calm down. It's uh, come on, a let, chocolate pie I... with coconut. It's not a coconut pie. <laughs> it's okay. a chocolate and what, coconut. Frame cream. it correctly, or it I'm going to intervene. <laughs> 
Um, it's a chocolate and coconut cream pie. You can add coconut extract to get good, strong coconut flavor. That's one way to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Or you would have to toast the coconut, use a combination of coconut cream and coconut milk, infuse the custard with the toasted coconut, possibly strain it. Maybe not. Well, you never mentioned straining. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's. I threw that in just to... <laughs> You're, you don't have to. You don't have to strain. The deck. Okay, you don't have to strain. I, it. I was gonna say, I do not feel like this is a uh, an unbiased presentation of the facts. Okay, I'll take it. I'll walk it back a little bit. So you have to toast the coconut, and then you have to use a combination of coconut cream and or coconut milk. Which would you rather choose? I'm going with the extract. Also, remember, I, it's very hot. I to talk to you guys, I had to turn the air conditioner off in my room, so I'm already sweating. So I'm imagining toasting the coconut, going yeah. with the extract. Sorry, there, Chris. <laughs> Okay. To... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You were a great caller. This reeled it right in. <laughs> Thanks for settling the argument. <laughs> All right. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Jillian, I'm actually dying to know, what did you end up going with for dinner? And I'm curious, like, you know, especially like given it's been so hot, I feel like everything we gave you should have worked pretty well in terms of being stovetop, relatively streamlined and fast. Do you want to break it down for us? I will. And you're absolutely right on that, that all three. So any of them would have totally fit in that. I want to have minimal amount, don't want to turn on the oven, have it on the top. Chilpa, sorry on this one, though. I went with the jammy onions. Oh, (laughs) amazing. (laughs) That's a very good pasta. Before we hear how it all went, let me walk you through how to make the extremely pantry-friendly jammy onion and miso pasta. First, thinly slice two onions and cook them in a combination of butter and olive oil until they're softened and brown around the edges. Then you build the sauce, gradually adding in sliced garlic, miso, and some broth or water. Add your al dente pasta into the sauce with some Parmesan, butter, and pasta cooking liquid, cooking until the cheese is melted and sauce clings to the pasta. Serve topped with chives and more cheese, and rejoice that you didn't have to put on real pants to go to the grocery store. Okay. So how was the pasta? I have to say, Chris, it just so screamed our family, everything about it, like onions, garlic, miso, pasta. And the day I actually decided to make it, it was not just that it had been a long day and I closed my laptop. It was also one of those days where it was pouring rain outside. <laughs> so I was so happy to have something that I could just go and I don't have to go anywhere to do this. And it was super easy. It was together like in half an hour and so many onions. Like it felt like a lot, a lot of onions when I was chopping. Not that we could ever have too many onions, but I was a little worried, but Mm -hmm. they just amazing, just great texture. The miso made them cook down so quickly. Again, I used to, I think, oh, these onions are going to cook down. It's going to be 45 minutes before they get soft. But as soon as I added the miso, they totally turned jammy and it just sped it up. It felt like. Fascinating. Okay. And what were the reviews from your family members? They were rave reviews. They loved it. It delivered on like really nice flavor, texture too. There was a discussion that it would be great with chicken added Mm. to it or tofu. So it felt like a great base too that we could add things to. And then actually it's really good cold. So there was a little bit left over and I'm both 
impatient and really like cold things. So I had it actually cold for lunch the next day too. Wow. A little bit of leftovers. I feel like this is a recipe that would be a great base for adding other things. Like I feel like you could cook down some other kind of tender veg into that miso and jammy onion mixture, whether it was like hearty leafy greens, a more summery veg, even like zucchini, baby Mm -hmm. peas. Ah, Blanched snap peas, green beans. Yeah, I think any of those would be would be delicious. And I will tell you, I have tempeh in the fridge, so it's not yours. We're making that this week. (laughs) Great, that is a very good dish. Yeah, when Kendra made it, Mm -hmm. that really blew my mind. It was a hard decision, but we're such an onion family. He had a set of onions. Do you feel like, Jillian, that this is giving you a different appreciation for how much you can do with like pretty basic ingredients on a weeknight? Or do you feel like you're still searching for a bit of inspiration to kind of give you that spark you need to close the the laptop and, and, and just get right into the kitchen? No, I loved it. It really did... And I'm not just saying this, it really changed that I could get so much flavor out of the really short ingredient list too, and that they all are in the fridge. So, and so this absolutely delivered on, no, you've got it here and you can put them together. But as you say, then also grab something else, whatever's dying in the vegetable drawer, could throw that in too. Yeah. Was adding miso to your pasta something new for you? It was, which is silly because we have miso and I put it in sauces and on proteins, but I never had put it on pasta before. So yeah, it was new. That's great. So fun to be able to chat with you, Jillian. And you were um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really same. Chilpam, when is that coconut and chocolate <laughs> recipe going to be? Possibly <laughs> never if she keeps this up. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a little scared to say when. Who knows? Maybe it'll never, right. never see the light of day. But hopefully, oh, if it does, it'll be uh, for our Thanksgiving issue. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to be watching it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, better not involve toasting coconut because even in November, it's not happening. <laughs> she had never mentioned straining before. For that's, okay, yes, I tipped the scale. Well, you know, it wasn't the straining that tipped the scale. Thank there was a lot of work before you got to the straining. <laughs> no, Chris, I'm not giving you that. I love one. you. Come back for every call. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> if you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. You can find the recipes mentioned on today's episode, jammy onion and miso pasta, hummus bowls with merguez spice tempeh, and creamy tahini and harissa beef on the Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Askokovich. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foos is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal mixed this episode. Thanks to Gabe Kuroga for engineering help. Next week... Ira moved back to New York from Los Angeles in order to be closer to his friends. But in his new apartment... My living room is pretty much a couch, two chairs, um, and then sort of a round dining room table, which should ostensibly fit four chairs, but pretty much sort of three because it's um, pressed against the wall. So 
I guess I'm figuring out how to still have a lovely dinner party for friends of mine in this cramped space. This is Friday. I wrote to you. (laughs) Apropos of nothing, by the way, you are a closeted pumpkin spice latte swilling monster. I see you for who you are. I am entering your triple pumpkin muffin headnote as evidence to the food media court of bad taste. <laughs> I think you should follow up with my <laughs> defense of myself. <laughs> hey, listeners, Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. Happy cooking. 